0: This episode is brought to you by SalesCred, the definitive book on sales credibility by our co-host Seeley Smith. Sales credibility is the quality all salespeople must have in abundance before they can ever hope to earn trust and become a trusted advisor. And SalesCred reveals how salespeople build and lose credibility with the things you say and do every day. Pick up a copy now at Amazon.com or other fine online business booksellers. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop and retain talent, improve results and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast.
1: Today, everybody, we're going to talk about sales and overcoming objections from an amazing young man. And by the way, can I just say, Lee, you could never, ever know enough about this topic. Like we could do an hour.
2: Oh, well, yeah, and especially if you're a manager, it's like, if you guys hear sales and go, I'm not in sales, it's like a thing, you're in management, guess what, you're in sales. So whether right. or not, whether or not you're fighting for a new budget, or whether or not you're fighting for a new project or an initiative that you want to take on, or maybe you've got a pet project then that your colleagues want to kill and you have to convince them or whatever to extend it and allow you to finish it. It's like, you know, management requires sales and sales requires overcoming objections, which is what we're going to talk about today.
1: That's right. Like I, I did PR for you for years. PR, guess what? That's that sales. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. Welcome to Manage Smarter. Boy, we really set that one up. It's Audrey Strong, the Vice President of Communications here at the company.
2: And at the company of Sales Fuel, of which That's right. I am Seeley Smith, the President and CEO.
1: Okay, y'all. So Justin Weeder, now that I'm in Texas, I'm saying y'all. Y- y'all. You know, like, what how the hell is that? that?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: I've
1: never done that before.
3: Oh, my.
1: Ju- Justin Weeder. Hello, Justin. Welcome
3: hi thank you guys for having me very very grateful to be here
1: oh we're glad to have you now Justin everyone is the creator of the listen method he's an author sales leader and a coach he's got an objection ebook on his website with six steps on overcoming objections he's got a very nice website you can go there and download it he's also the author of a sales mindset book found on the website like I said thecovertcloser.com. so welcome Justin thank you for coming
3: yeah thank you for having me
1: all right so I know you have a very compelling personal story. Um, can you encapsulate that, and then we'll draw tips and uh, expertise out of that? You were actually homeless at one time in Las Vegas, of all places.
3: Oh. Yeah, yeah.
1: Actually, uh,
2: <laughs> me and everyone's my best just friend... one hand away from being homeless in Vegas, <laughs> <laughs> right?
3: <laughs> one pull of the slot machine, and then it can go up. either way. Yeah. <laughs> <Bye-bye>. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, me and my best friend uh, had went out there to play professional poker. Um, I had been laid off from my job at Intuit. Uh, well, sorry, let me back up, not laid off, fired, uh, because I wasn't engaged and I had a lot of personal stuff going on, uh, that caused me to not take my job as seriously as I should. So I was playing poker professionally. And at one point we had scraped together enough money to rent a hotel six or a motel six off the strip. Uh, and at that time I was just like, I called my mom and I'm like, mom, can I borrow some money to to fly home? Like I'm, I'm, this isn't Mm -hmm. working. And you know, thank. Thankfully, mom was like, "Yeah, okay, you can borrow some money uh, to fly home," and so that's what I did. And when I got home, there was an eviction notice on my um, on my best friend's apartment door, uh, and so my roommate had taken off with all of our poker bankroll, um, and he was, you know, he was a heroin addict, and he mm. took off with mm. all of our poker bankroll, which we trusted that he would never do that. I mean. And then we never heard from him again. So anyways, at, at the end of the day, I had to move back in with mom. And I, I remember being, I was 25. And I remember shopping at the Goodwill for a suit to wear to a job interview at Best Buy. And I looked over and I saw uh, the book section and I'm like, okay, well, let me go see what books are around, you know, just shopping. Uh, and I came across Grant Cardone's Seller Be Sold and it was $2. And something in my, in my head said, dude, if you can't spend $2 on yourself to learn Mm-hmm. some selling skills, like, cause I'd always been kind of a, a quote unquote natural, which I don't believe exists uh, in sales. And, but that's what I had told myself. Right. And I was like, okay, if you don't have $2 to spend on yourself to improve your skills and, and take a professional approach, like what are you doing with your life? So I bought it and that book changed my life. The most important thing I learned from that book is that life doesn't happen to you. Life happens because of you. No matter what it is, it may not be your fault, but it's always your responsibility. And when I adjusted my output, output, or excuse me, my outlook on life to that, things changed dramatically, seemingly overnight.
1: Wow. So that propelled you, I'm assuming, back into the sales space. And so you don't like people who try to say, well, I'm not getting my numbers because it's this, that, and the other thing and part of that is learning the skill of overcoming objections. So why is that your jam more than anything in the sales space?
3: Yeah, so I've sold to a lot of consumers, and one of the most common things I've sold is extended warranties. Mm. Mm. Extended, right? (laughs) And they've got a really (laughs) negative connotation. Um, And for me, I'm like, uh, so a few years ago, I started working at a auto refinance company. So part of the auto refinance is selling an extended warranty. And I knew that if I could master that part of it, that everything else would, you know, the job would become easy because it's like, if you can sell an extended warranty, that's like the equivalent of selling three or four loans. So one warranty that might be a 15 minute conversation takes the place of, you know, probably eight hours of work. So, yeah. Uh, So I'm like, all right, I'll figure out how to sell this, this warranty. And then I figured it out, but I didn't document it. Right. And, but my skills put me to uh, be director of sales at that organization. And then I actually got another offer a couple years later to be director of sales at a startup that was doing the same thing up in Minnesota. And when I got there, you know, Minnesota, okay. So Minnesota, the type of salespeople that are up there are, uh, they're not aggressive, at least the people that I was working with. And they, they didn't want to do anything aggressive. Right. And I didn't blame them. Right. Nobody wants to be aggressive and pushy. Um, and so I had to figure out a way to show them a collaborative approach. So I took what I had been doing, uh, which was a lot of fly off the cuff, a lot of feel of the moment, but not documented. And I started thinking like, okay, why did this work? So I was listening to sales calls. I was taking sales calls myself. I was listening to the best people. And I started like, I started realizing that the best people are not slick. Mm -hmm. Um, which is kind of the, the idea they think that you know, in order to sell, you have to be some fast talker or some, uh, you know, super pushy guy. You don't have to be that. In fact, the best people aren't. The best right. people ask questions and walk people through, uh, their decision-making process themselves. Right. They have
2: and conversations, the s- right. It's like, and they, and they listen and they just, you know, they let their natural curiosity
3: take over and let the, the conversation kind of guide itself. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, the best people, they didn't believe that the customer knew why they were saying no. And so if they began to explore that and really get to a point where the customer and they are on the same page as to why, and it's not just an automatic response, those are the people that were that were closing deals and selling warranties. Uh, so working with them, I started to codify it into the listen method. Um, and what we found is you can take someone who has you know, maybe six months of sales experience. You can teach them the listen method, help them plan and practice and role play. And all of a sudden they can be closing uh, warranties on 60% of their opportunities when previously they were closing it on 10. Let's drill down on that. Let's, let's talk about the listen method because it's one of the things that, you know,
2: with salespeople, you know, the, the biggest issue that I have with the salespeople that I train and consult with is you know, they are, and instead of listening yeah. They ask a question instead of listening to the answer all the way through to the end, about halfway through, they kind of zone out and they're already queuing up the next brilliant thing that they're going to say. And they can't wait for the, for the, the buyer to shut up. And so they're missing key information because best information is usually at the end and they're totally missing it. And, and I even had a salesperson recently that, uh, that we were interviewing for a position here actually cut off the buyer you know, like mm. mid sentence at the end or whatever, because he couldn't Ooh. wait to say the next the next great thing that he wanted to say. So listening is a big deal. So you know tell me a little bit more about your process.
3: Yeah. Uh, so you know we find that at least when people are doing that, when they're when they're in their own head trying to plan out the next best thing, what they're really thinking about is is being that slick sales guy. Or they're trying to impress somebody or they're trying to impress the buyer or they're trying to impress, you know, the the sales manager who's listening in, right? And they're not thinking about that person. So with the listen method, what we've tried to do with this and what makes the biggest difference is shift the focus from what the salesperson is doing to really focusing on what the customer is doing. And that involves, uh, you know, the six steps. And part of that is the what, why, how sequence. Um, Because you can't think of a a good why question or a good how question unless you listen to the response from the person.
1: Okay. I like what you said in a, on a different podcast too, which was your method also involves making the prospect feel like you're not trying to box them into a corner where there's no escape and making them uncomfortable. You said a couple lines that you use on that that I really liked that immediately kind of shifted the, the feel of the conversation. Can you talk about that?
3: Yeah, of course. The worst thing that you can do to somebody, I call it blowing your cover. The worst thing you can do to somebody is is have them realize, like, oh, you're just asking me that question so that I'll answer this way, because then they're not going to answer that way, um, and that's going to that that makes them feel like they're put in a box and makes them feel like they're being pressured. So to walk through, you know, all six steps in sequence at a high level, the first step is L for ledge. I Borrowed that from my man, Jeb Blunt. Um, But essentially what it does is give you a little bit of room in the conversation. Uh, It gives them room to calm down and it gives you room to calm down. Uh, Because again, you know, as much as we'd like to say we're not emotionally invested, we are because this is our paycheck we're talking about. Um, But at the same time, if you're going from that place of auto reactance, you're going to say something you regret and you're going to give yourself away. Uh, And what you really should be focusing on is the person that's in front of you. So the ledge gives you, I call it, it's kind of like a mind read, right? Whenever someone's saying, oh, I want to think about it. That's not really what they want. And if you've been doing your job for a long enough time or you listen to enough calls, you can begin to kind of predict what's really going on Mm -hmm. um, based on the previous part of your conversation. And even if you're, the best part about that is even if you're wrong, even if you say, hey, the price is probably too expensive for you, isn't it? Even if that's not the right thing, humans can't help but correct each other. So they're just going to correct you and say, no, it's actually, uh, that you can't deliver it to me on time. Okay, cool. Now I have something I can, I can deal with. Right. Uh, now I have, I've kind of, I've sliced the top off of the objection. And now what I can do is start asking questions around that because most of the time what people have is limiting beliefs around buying something. You know, they believe that they should have, they should think about it for a night because that's what their granddad told them. Um, But at the end of the day, there's really nothing else that that delay is going to do for them um, other than make them feel better about it. And if you can help them feel better about it right now, you have a closed deal. So you start investigating those beliefs and you're almost like, like I deal with a lot of coaches and consultants. And so I tell them, this is your first act of coaching, is walking them through their beliefs and why they believe that and helping them have a breakthrough. Uh, Because that belief may be limiting them in other ways, And at the end of the day, your product or service is here to help them. If they don't take any action and this is the right customer, like, right, you don't want to be trying to use this or sell someone who shouldn't be buying what you're selling. If this is going to really help them, then they need to take action on it right away and not delay. The more delay they have is the more lost value. So you use a sequence of what, why, how, which forces uh, kind of a a deep dive into what they said. So using the, the delivery example, Well, you guys can't deliver it on time. Okay. Well, what would on time look like? And then they tell you and you say, okay, well, why is that important to you? And then you start to understand more about what they're thinking and stuff that you may have missed or stuff that they didn't feel like you cared about uh, or stuff that, you know, they actually didn't realize was the problem. You know, humans think that we have this massive view of everything that's going on in our head, like the movie up or something. Right. But we don't, we have a very limited small view and questions help expand that and that's how you provide value for people and you can do it in discovery or you can do it in objections or you can do it both times right um, and then once you get there you're on the same and then you need to state the the issue back to them or sorry you'd ask them why they tell you why and then you ask how and I do this a lot in coaching sales reps as I say okay well let's throw some ideas at the wall how do you think we could solve this together and then the customer starts telling you how to solve their, their delivery issue. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, if you could, great. If you could get it by, you know, three weeks instead of four weeks, oh, okay, let's talk about that. Maybe I can do that, right? And then you, so now you know exactly where you're at. And a lot of times by these two steps, you've already closed the deal. That's the best part. Sometimes people will just go, you know what, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I was just in my head. Screw it. Let's do it. Um, but if you haven't, you can keep going. So then you state the issue back to them. Uh, obviously, you want to make sure you're on the same page. And then you test their engagement. And this one was a big sigh of relief for a lot of the folks I worked with uh, in Minnesota, especially when we put this together. They they didn't want to waste their time selling to someone who had no chance of buying it, right? So mm. you test their engagement, right? By asking them, hey, you think this and this and we agree on that. Now, you, have, you might not have all the information. Is it okay if I go over that extra information that you're missing with you? And they go, yeah, okay, now they're engaged and they've agreed to listen to your pitch. That's when you start pitching. But now you can actually tie everything that you're talking about back to what their real issue was because you fully understand them. And they feel like you fully understand them, so now they're gonna listen to you. A lot of times I tell those guys like, a lot of times it's not what you say, it's the fact the person's not listening to you because they don't think that you care, Mm -hmm. right? If they knew what you knew, they would buy it. Uh, And if that's not true, then, That's a whole other problem. Then why are you trying to sell it to them? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, so you go through and educate and I teach people to educate with metaphors and stories. Don't sit there and talk about, uh, you know, features and, and benefits and stats and this and this, that stuff's boring. Tell someone a story, tell them what happened, you know, build up the, the tension in the room and then, uh, you know, make them the hero of that story. Help, help them see how they can step into it. Um, and that's what's going to really motivate somebody. And then at the end of that um, is the end for next steps. Now, next steps, I take a little bit of different approach than most folks. Most folks say, oh, you got to ask for the sale. I don't think you need to ask for the sale. I think you need to issue a challenge uh, because people like to be challenged and they like to have fun and that's fun, right? So you get to the end of that and you say, okay, cool. So are you ready to step up and do what we need to do to get this thing delivered to you in the time that you need it? They say, yes. Great. Let's go. Here's the next, here's the very next thing that we need to do.
2: You know, what I find works really well too are analogies.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Analogies. Yeah,
2: so it's like you know, like when you're in the you know, so, so an example of is like you know, you're you're in the Starbucks line. You, you you place your order. You get to the window, and I said, Oh, would, you, would would you like this 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 free brownie or something like that? Because like the person in in front of you ordered it, and they took off of that or whatever. Like, and I was like, sure. I was like, how how, how much do I owe you? It's like not nothing. It's free. It's like, well, how do you feel about that? It's like, well, that's the same thing as. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So it's like, I, I think if you, if you can draw comparisons to other things that people can relate to, uh, you can help people understand complex issues or, or, or things
3: that maybe they're, they're not aware of or comfortable with. Absolutely. And uh, going back to your point, Lee, the, the thing that I've I found help people stay focused on the conversation is having a comfortability around the plan. Right. Because then it's nothing groundbreaking and they don't feel like they, they have to hold on. You know, it's like, Oh, I had this great idea. I got to hold on to it. Clarity. Like, no, you don't they have need clarity. To, yeah. They need clarity. Exactly. Um, and so once they have that knowledge and that, and that comfortability and that confidence, then they're more e- easily able to stay present in the conversation and listen to what the other person's saying.
1: We've got about three minutes left. So what I want to know from you is how, as a leader, can you implement this across teams? You talked about doing role-playing sessions. What other things to roll this
3: out? Yeah, so role-playing sessions, what I found was best is to break any skill that you want to teach salespeople into small sub-skills. And then, you know, every two weeks or once a month, you know, lay out all the sub-skills on like a Trello board or something like that. And then have the salespeople choose what they want to work on Um, because it's like, this is all going to feed into you learning the listen process. Uh, However, you can learn to ledge, you can learn to what, why, how sequence, you can learn how to issue challenges. You can learn how to create metaphors and analogies, you know, whatever it is and you have them choose individually as in the group. Uh, And then that's all they work on. They don't work on anything else. When you're in your call reviews, you don't talk to them about anything else. You talk about what skill they're working on when they're uh, you know, talking about asking for help you know you relate everything back to that one skill that way they have some massive wins and what I found is during the time they're working on it they feel like they're not getting anywhere and then as soon as they stop working on it and choose a different skill like the next month then they're like oh my god like my ledges are on fire this month it's like yeah that that's how learning works it's okay now that you're not super duper focused on it you've done the hard work and now you can benefit (laughs) fantastic
1: That works well too well. The website is thecovertcloser.com. And like you said, you've got that um, downloadable workbook there and they can also Mm -hmm. get a copy of your other book as well, correct?
3: That's correct. Yep. So they can get a a free workbook that'll walk you through creating some responses in the listen method. And then, yeah, you can get my first book, which is uh, just about creating a rock solid sales mindset. You can get that for free plus shipping. What's the name Um, of that book? That's the Covert Closer's Code, rank one.
1: Okay. Love it. Justin Weeder on LinkedIn.com and Jay Weeder on Facebook, everybody. Justin, this is great. I think everybody needs to hear this in the middle of a pandemic. We can always be better at trying to improve our win rates. So thank you for coming.
3: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great to meet you guys.
1: Thanks for listening. If
0: you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com.
2: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.